I know your ego is hurting just knowing that all of your fans discovered me. He like, damn, he a younger me. Except he dresses better and I'm ugly, always making fun of me. Stop all the thuggery, Marshall, you living in luxury. Hey, look what you've done to me, dropped an album just because of me. Damn, you in love with me. Oh, man, Machine Gun Kelly dissing Eminem so bad this week. Why is there so much hate in the world? I know you didn't hear the typical Canada intro here, and that is because I'm not on my normal computer this morning. Uh, it is at work. I'm on Brenda's old work computer, and I still want to get you guys a pinball podcast, and I didn't want to waste time having to re-edit my little intro music. So we're just going to go right into episode 261 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. What are we going to talk about on this episode? Well, first and foremost, uh, you know, we live in a world where people are critical of things out in the world. And I think we all know that, right? We live in a world where things are reviewed, things are criticized, things are praised, things are given awards, okay? There's winners and losers. There's great films, there's bad films. There's incredible albums in the music world. There's terrible albums in the music world. And I also think that we're living in a world now that has become so overly politically correct. We are living in a world where the the status quo is to only be nice all the time, to only be kind at every step of the journey. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when I watch football and Pizza Hut is airing a TV commercial that's all about the lines in life, metaphorically speaking about the lines on the football field as they um, relate to the lines in life around social equality and all this stuff. And I'm like, what happened to the world? We used to live in a world where you used to be able to sell pizza because it was delicious, right? And you used to have like entertaining things going on in the commercials to excite kids to go want to have some pizza. And now it's like my pizza needs to sell me on the fact that the company is all about social equality. And it's all bullshit. Like, I, look, I work in the marketing world. And this overly politically correct world we live in has completely overcorrected. And the only reason Pizza Hut is doing commercials like that is because Papa John's, uh, they got slammed because the founder said something racist on a marketing call with his agency. And that's why he's out. You know, and like, I don't, I think he's an idiot for what he said. But the fact is, do we live in a world now where everyone has a responsibility to always be nice, to always be kind, to never speak an opinion that people might disagree with, that to not have a dialogue or a conversation with those who might think differently than us. And I think that mentality has sort of permeated all areas of culture, including pinball. And I think one of the only reasons why this show exists, and I have a following, is I do think that we try to speak in a way that is different than the typical approach to how we look at pinball, which is that all pinball is good pinball, and that we should celebrate and welcome all new pinball manufacturers and all new pinball machines into the world. And I'm here to say on this podcast that I don't believe that. I don't have the opinion that just more is better in life. That more films equals better movies equals greater chance the theaters will stick around. No, I think that when you make something and when you create something in the world, you should 
really um, only ask people to buy stuff or go into a creation if you feel like you can make something better or add innovation. And look, no one's going to stop you from trying to make something. No one's going to stop you from trying to innovate. No one's going to stop you from trying to execute your ideas. Uh, but if the ideas are not great, you can't then expect people to be nice or not give their opinions or their reviews about pinball. Okay. And look, we all know on, on, on a very certain level, pinball is an art form. It is a design. It is a creative toy. It is a subjective product. And what I mean by subjective, you know, you guys know what that means. It means everyone's going to react to pinball machines differently. There's not one machine that everyone heralds as being great. There's not one machine that uh, everyone thinks is absolutely atrocious other than WWELE. You know, so there is a lot of opinions and that's what makes this hobby interesting though right if 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 pinball was all about something that we all agreed upon and every game everyone had the same opinion about it would be absolutely boring to collect them it would be absolutely boring to follow the hobby it would be absolutely boring to be on the forums so um why am i leading off this podcast like this because i saw something that charlie emery wrote uh, in the spooky pinball thread, you know, Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle, spooky pinball game number three. I mean, I could tell you that this is not really spooky pinball game number three. They would they would like it to be, but it's it's not. But anyway, so Charlie wrote this, and I want I want to read it, and I want to give my response because this always happens in spooky game launches. And, and if you follow the pattern of the launch of America's Most Haunted, of the launch of Rob Zombie. And I'll go off of Charlie's own statement that this is their third game, even though it's also Dominoes and it's also Jetsons. Um, but, and you know, he should also put TNA in there. Um, it always follows the same pattern. Every single spooky release I've ever followed goes something like this. Game is revealed. People uh, get really excited because they really want a new player in the pinball hobby and they want to support, you know, the young company and the small company of Spooky. So everyone's like, awesome, great, yes, America's Most Haunted. And then there's always this sort of like uh, this sentiment that we, we should support the small guys and we should buy this game. Now, what happened? You know, not 150 barely sold. So then he shows Rob Zombie. And what happened there was interesting. We were in a time where, you know, people were thinking everything that was limited in numbers would sell. So people ran to buy Rob Zombies. But then people realized the games weren't that great and they started dumping them and they were losing money. And people realized like this was actually the same design as the uh, the zombie game Charlie showed that nobody liked, but just because he put the Rob Zombie theme and different art package on it, all of a sudden it was a different game? No, it wasn't. And that's what people found out the hard way, that it's still shot like that. Um, same thing I think is happening with Alice Cooper, but what happens on the forum is always the same, is there's like this... There's like this um, chapter one is always enthusiasm. Chapter two is a little bit of like the enthusiasm wears off. Chapter three is people start to get a little critical and cranky about the game. You know, and then what happens always, always is Charlie chimes in and just, you know, says the same old like we're doing our best we're just a small company we're making games either you like it or you don't take it or leave it yada 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 and everyone always up like votes it like here and then changes their tune and and i think it's kind of funny because it is hard it is hard if you're reviewing or you want to give your opinion about let's say a song 
or a movie or a pinball machine, if you want to give your opinion in the presence of the creator, would you speak so stridently? Would you speak so candidly? And would you speak so honestly? So what happens often on pin size, so when Charlie comes in, I think everyone is just like, their knees buckle and they just like immediately like go back on their feelings and then everyone's like, oh, we're on board, man. Like, yeah, totally, exactly what you said. And I don't, here's the thing. I don't think Charlie's wrong in what he says and what he's trying to get across 100% wrong or 100% right. He's, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I basically, I'm going to go through what he said, but I, I don't think he's wrong in his sentiment and where he's coming from, but I don't think what he says, I don't think his words change my opinions about his game, okay? I, they don't change for me the opinions I have, both positive and negative, about Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, and I also think I'm entitled to have my opinion about his game, whether or not I'm going to buy it or not. And that's always been a big area of contention on Pinside and in pinball in general. But let me read what he wrote. And let me give my uh, feelings and opinions, because that's what we do on the show, about his sentiment. So he says, here's my opinion. People either like the game or don't. Reviews are about as accurate in pinball as they are in music, films, etc. We've seen TNA called an empty refrigerator box, plays like an EM, one trick pony, and on and on. 2017 Pinball News Game of the Year. Multiple best in show wins all over the country. Game sucks, overrated hype. All right, I want to. I'm gonna just stop at each paragraph. Okay, now look, Charlie. Total nuclear annihilation. All right, total nuclear annihilation is a game that I think surprised a lot of people. But here's the thing that I don't think Chuck realizes about TNA, and it's that the game always shot really well. Like if you think about the origins of total nuclear annihilation, it was a Whitewood that went around to shows that had amazing music, amazing light show, and was very simple and easy to understand, all right? Total Nuclear Annihilation, the people who called it whatever, this or that, whatever. Game is sold 500. Those haters are going to eat crow, okay? Now, the issue with TNA was never that it didn't shoot well, was never that the geometry was off, was never that the design was bad, okay? Because if there's one thing you can't change in a game and you can't go back and redo, it's a bad design or a poor design on on a geometrical level, you know? And so I I think like, I, I, I don't know, saying this in an Alice Cooper thread, as if Alice Cooper could go the same way as Total Nuclear Annihilation, I don't think so. And, and I think it's for the reason I said, I think if you think about the things people are saying, the issues people have, it's the design. Okay. And then he writes, why, question mark, why bash a game you clearly don't enjoy? Are you trying to prove to others that the game they like, they are wrong for liking it? Seems like a complete waste of time. But what you enjoy, um, or sorry, buy what you enjoy and go have fun with it. All right, and that's a fair point, all right? Why do people say they don't like something that they don't like? Uh, I know even when I say that out loud, it's like, well, it's just called being human and having a brain that formulates opinions, that shares those opinions out in the world. Um, it's also we do live in a time where, you know, people share their opinions on stuff they like and stuff they don't like. But I also, I mean, look, Charlie, I get what you're saying, but I kind of got to welcome you to planet Earth where, like, if I'm a Star Wars fan, 
and I go see The Last Jedi, which I hated, and I love Star Wars. And you're basically saying, why should I bash The Last Jedi when I talk to people about it because I didn't enjoy it? I should go watch the Star Wars movies I enjoyed and only talk to people about those. Okay, that's kind of what you're saying here. And pinball's the same way. Because I think the big thing, and I'm going to get to this a little bit later, is that, um, and I'll get this after the next paragraph that Charlie writes, but the thing is this. People are passionate about pinball, and they want to share their opinion about games. And you know, just as much as you're asking someone to buy your product without having played it in a way, put down $100,000 non-refundable deposits, you know, wouldn't it be convenient to live in a world where people who create things, wouldn't it be convenient for them if people didn't share their opinions when they didn't like them? And also, I hate to say this, but James Dyson said this to me. James Dyson, Charlie, he sold a little bit more vacuums than you guys have sold of uh, pinball machines. James Dyson, billionaire, he said, look, you know, the only people that change the world are people that are unhappy with the way the products are in the marketplace. And unless you get mad and angry and pissed off and think you can do it better, what are you, what are you really changing? What are you making better in the world, all right? So then Charlie goes on to say, example. This is his example. I love music. I spend zero minutes a day online bashing country music and trying to convince country fans that heavy fucking metal is the best. All right. See, this is where like... Charlie, that's not a good example. And here's why it's not a good example. Is music is extremely broad. Music is humongously broad. And genres of music in themselves are their own like universes. Okay, for you to say you don't go into country music forums and bash it because you don't like it, you have to understand, Charlie, you make a pinball game. Pinball is narrow. It is not as broad as the music industry. If you, see, your analogy is more like this. You're like saying anyone who likes toys, all right? I like toys, and I really like video games, but I don't spend my time going in uh, to the pinball forums when I'm a video game guy and try to convince them that they should be playing video games, not pinball. See, that's what your music analogy is saying, but pinball's narrow. You make a product in a very narrow category. It's not like that. I think what you're trying to say is like, if you like pinball and you're maybe a fan of Stern or Jersey Jack and you only buy those games and you don't like what Spooky makes, then why are you wasting your time coming into Spooky forums and talking shit? But the problem is it's too narrow of a category. People who love pinball, they will share their opinions about every single pinball game that is made. They will. There's nothing you can do that will make them not want to share those opinions of those games. And look, we're also in a hobby where there's only what? Like in a good year, five to eight machines that come out a year, which is a great year in pinball. Right? The music industry, Chuck, doesn't only release five to eight songs a year. The video game industry doesn't only release five to eight songs a year. The movie industry doesn't only release five to eight movies a year. The car industry doesn't release only five to eight cars a year. So you are in a tiny little box. 
and everything that is created in the pinball box will be critiqued and will be analyzed and opinions will be shared about it. Now, see, that's the thing is Chuck would like to live in a world where this didn't happen, where people didn't share their opinions about Spooky, where he doesn't go into his thread and read people saying disparaging things about his product. But again, Chuck, I think if you look at what people are saying, no one is being like outright cruel or mean or, or just, just like, you know, angry for angry's sake. I think the, the criticisms of your games have been pretty consistent. And I think if you look at the criticisms of the games, I think, it, you know, you'd be a little bit hard pressed to say that, huh, we're making the changes that you know that are needed because we're listening to the feedback and i think the thing is this and this is why this show doesn't get interviews doesn't get everyone shaking hands at, at shows is that i've said it before is i think charlie needs to take a back seat in the design category and let somebody else design these games because the problem with alice cooper are the designs it's all the bricks it's all the posts up and that's my opinion of the game and it's not going to change you know charlie did what um, he saw Stern do. He got better art, and he got better themes. If you could art, you know, he got he realized like you put a bunch of great artwork over it, and it disguises what I believe to be still design problems. And I think that's not just Chuck's issue right now. I think that's facing all of pinball. I mean, I look at Deadpool. I'm like this this game is like pretty barren. It's like wow, it's got the busiest art ever from Zombie Yeti, which looks amazing, but it's disguising the fact. That the design and and what's in the game is just not there, you know. And so, um, I I think Charlie gets very sensitive to people who are calling out the fact that the big weakness in his games is his design. It's it's not the art. It's not the code. It's not it, everything else in these spooky games is where it needs to be. It's his designs that are the weakest point in the game. And and, and 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 again, it's like, but it's subjective. You might like Charlie's designs. You might like tight shots. You might like a game that is not a typical fan layout. And that is where Charlie is right. So look, on this show, if I say I don't like his designs because of the following reasons, that is my opinion. It is not fact. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people on Pinside, and I hope people who listen to this show realize, is that nothing we say is a fact. I, I can't call a game crap, and that that's that that means it is. It, you could love it. You could love Alex Cooper's Nightmare Castle, and I hope you do if you buy it. You know, you should. You shouldn't buy anything you don't enjoy. All right. So he goes on to say, he goes on to say, um, let's have more fun and dig a little deeper on the ramp thing I just mentioned. Here's the shiny new building. Okay, so he shares the fact um, that they have a new building across the street where they're making better ramps for the game, and that's kind of been what the holdup on the game has been. All right, so I think that, look, look, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Charlie needs to sell 500 of these uh, Alice Cooper Nightmare Castles. Uh, he has embarked upon a non-refundable $1,000 deposit to get the game. Uh, you know, I want to read something else because this is the other sign of the coin for me. Because, you know, and I was giving this my friend shit on, on text matches last night about this. I want to read Iceman's response to what Charlie was saying. Because it's, it's, it's just, it shows the, the back and forth nature of Pinside and how people react. He writes, I don't see how anybody can really evaluate the game and say it's a piece of shit 
when it hasn't been out there and the code is nowhere near complete and much farther along than anyone else has seen. Um, it, it, I like difficult games and I can remember everybody hammering The Walking Dead at the outset, calling it The Walking Dud. Clunky, too hard, except myself, of course. Loved it from day one. All right, so look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Iceman has a point, but it also speaks to the total hypocrisy of this hobby. And that is, it's, we're not allowed to call a game a piece of shit when we first see it, but we're allowed to call a game amazing and incredible when we first see it too. You know, that's the issue I have. Is Remember when Pirates of the Caribbean was shown? Everybody was doing backflips saying how this was like the greatest game ever and they knocked it out of the park and no one ever even flipped it. You know, so like our eyes are able to tell us whether or not a pinball machine is great when we all know a pinball machine is only great if you flip it and have fun and everything comes together and everything is cohesive. And, and for Iceman to say that this is going to be the next Walking Dead, and I texted him that, I'm like, dude, you're out of your mind. This is not going to be the next Walking Dead, all right? And it, what's amazing is this. Imagine like if Walking Dead had the kind of art package, all right, the kind of art package that Stern has put into its recent games. Imagine if Walking Dead, with its mechs, its interesting layout, with its code from Lyman, imagine if Zombie Yeti did the artwork on The Walking Dead. That game would be bolted to everyone's game room floor. It just has crappy art. Like, it came out during that crappy drag-and-drop Photoshop art stage. And so, look, it's too... Of course it's too early to say that Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle is good or bad. Um, the only thing people can judge it on right now probably is the geometry because they've been shooting it. Uh, but more and more, more and more, I'm starting to realize that you know, you know, the most important person, and this is why we celebrate these folks, this is why we hold them up, this is why we call them the king, this is why we um, want their signatures on the game itself. The most important person involved in a pinball game you know there's two but they're in very close order they are like the axle and slash of pinball the most important person that ever that 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 touches a pinball machine is the designer the designer is the key to getting the actual physical flow and the actual like design of that game down and not just from like how the ball is going to flow you know to eliminate clunkiness to make sure the shots are rewarding to make sure there's fun stuff to shoot the designer also has the creative vision for the game okay what he wants where all right, how he wants the code to interact with the game, how he wants the callouts to interact with the game, how he wants the art to complement the design. That, that is why these designers are so goddamn important. And that is why, you know, when you get, I think, the ge geometrical design wrong, I, I think, like, you know, you're never going to be able to fix that. You can almost fix everything else. I mean, remember that guy who was fixing the artwork on Game of Thrones because he loved it so much? He actually commissioned someone to redo all the playfield artwork. I mean, almost everything is fixable. We live in an era where you can fix bad code. Um, you know, games like Cactus Canyon, people have worked with P-Rock to upgrade the coding game. But if there's something you can never do, it's you can never fix bad geometry. It's why I sold Magic Girl. When you, after a while, you look at it and you're like, you know what? It's not just about getting the software to talk to the hardware in this game. It's just the design is off. There's just geometry issues here that are just never going to be fixed. And because of that, 
It's, it's never going to be good. It's never going to work. Um, and so that's where I'm at with Spooky. I mean, I... I always like I, I'm on the fence because I think Charlie knows his perception in the hobby and I think he plays the good guy card all the time. But I also think Charlie has a little bit of an ego and a little bit of like an arrogance that you do need when you're a pinball designer uh, that he kind of masks a little bit from everybody. But I can see it. I can see like how he gets defensive and, and writes posts like these that are very strategically designed from a communication standpoint to turn the tide. But it doesn't matter, Chuck. You realize it doesn't matter. You got you have people locked in to buying your game. Like, what does it matter now? And and so, like, that's also the hypocrisy of this hobby is when you have guys like Iceman saying, like, well, it's too early to call a game a piece of shit early on. But Ice, Chuck... But it wasn't too early to take a $1,000 deposit from people that you won't give back to them, knowing that they've never played the game, knowing that all they have is like a crappy cell phone video of the gameplay. Because remember, Charlie didn't even give people a lot of good assets or video or anything to see the gameplay. He didn't, he didn't give people much to go on uh, when he started taking deposits. And so why not? Like, why didn't he show more of the gameplay? And so then it begs the question, did he not want people to see too much of the gameplay? Um, you know, we saw Jack Danger flip it. And now, you know, it wasn't like the greatest stream ever. Um, and people are locked in now. Like, they can't get their money out. And again, I just don't think that's a model that's going to work very well. All right. But ultimately, ultimately, I think Chuck is half right. I think I'm half right. I think we're all half right. I think we're all half right, half wrong. I think we're all just human beings who want to share our opinions about pinball. I don't think anyone's one opinion is correct. And ultimately, the only thing that matters, and I, get, I know, and we're going to talk about a little bit about this on my next topic. The only thing that matters, you know, what's, you know when you feel, you know when you realize you're right. And this is this is how I live my life. This is how you should live your life. You realize you're right normally when the results are there. And the results are there in pinball when sales are there. And so Charlie did the right thing in getting Total Nuclear Annihilation on board because look at the sales. Stern is doing something very, very right when you look at the sales of Stern Pinball. And so, you know, I, I saw a lot of people moaning and groaning, a lot of people applauding Oktoberfest as a theme for American pinball. I want to talk about something that I kept seeing in the threads that, again, I think people like just don't get it. They don't get where we're at in pinball. All right, here's what I mean by that. Okay, so do I think Oktoberfest is a bad theme? Yes, I do. Do I think Oktoberfest will not sell well for American pinball? Yes, I do. Do I think that this game could have a lot of amazing stuff in it? Could be extremely fun as a pinball machine? Absolutely. I think Joe Balser can knock it out of the park as a pinball machine. But because of theme, I think this game is going to have a really hard time breaking through and selling in the current pinball landscape. Do I think this is an original theme that people have been clamoring for and asking for? No, it's not. Oktoberfest is not original. All right. What it is is an unlicensed theme, which is fine with me. I saw a lot of people debating that. Well, it's not original. They didn't come up with this concept, so it's not what people really wanted, like a like a Xenon or this or that. Like, let me tell you something. If you go completely original theme, right, like white water, like is that even original theme? No. It's like you didn't invent white water rafting or fishtails. Um, it's hard to come up with a completely original concept. Okay, uh, that would be the hardest thing to sell. 
uh, extremely hard to sell. And so I think it's okay that they went after an unlicensed theme because that what that means is they don't have to ask anyone permission to do what they want to do with their game. They simply make the game they want. They make it as fun as they want. They make it as like uh, irreverent as they want. They, they do whatever they want. And there's no licensor that they have to submit stuff to to get approval. So they have complete creative freedom, which is great and terrifying when you're a creative. I'm a creative in my career. Because then it's all on you. If you get it right, you got it right. If you fucked it up, you fucked it up. But I saw a lot of people saying, like, awesome theme, guys. Like, this is what pinball needs. You know, stuff like Whitewood or stuff like Fishtails. You know, those games would not have been made if assholes like Canada were poo-pooing themes like that. And you couldn't tell me if someone said, we're going to make a game about fishing, that everyone wouldn't go crazy, you know, and be like, this sucks. And look, the thing is this. Fishtail... Whitewater, those two games, if released in 2018, would bomb so fucking bad, it's not even funny. I think what people fail to realize is those games came out during the arcade era, and they were designed, okay, they were designed to do one thing, to basically, like, attract your attention to get you to put your quarter in in a very crowded arcade. You got a fucking fish on a topper flapping its tail taunting you to play. You've got this like amazing, amazing like world in their glass in Whitewater that just looks so fucking fun to flip without even flipping it. Um, and those games were designed to do that. Okay? They were not designed to be in people's homes and be collected and, and, and you know, go deep into the wizard mode of Whitewater. No. Not the case. Those were those games were designed for immediate gratification that had, you know, sort of like short repetitive gameplay features that like people would ultimately like not go too deep into the game. You wouldn't play the uh, Whitewater for 45 minutes. I've watched people when you know when really good play those games. Like it's very, very repetitive. All right. It would get very, very old owning one. And also the thing people forget about, those games, those fun, quirky themes, they sold for like two thousand to three thousand dollars. That's how much they were. New in box. Two to three thousand dollars. And even on the secondhand market, that's what those games were selling for. They were cheap. Cheap and cheerful. I have a client that always says, I want cheap and cheerful ideas. That's what they were, cheap and cheerful. Would you pay eight, nine thousand dollars for a whitewater? Would you pay eight, nine thousand dollars for a fishtails? And that's the thing. You have to look at these themes in the context of what they're charging. If American Pinball wants you to pay seven, $8,000 for a pinball machine, you want that theme to be something that you fucking love, that you never want to let go of. That's a dream theme for you. And nobody's dream theme was Oktoberfest. So they're making a theme that nobody wanted, but, but they're doing it. And they feel like they can make it into a fun pinball machine. And, and look, this topic is dead until we see it. I, I, all I can do is say I don't think the theme is what I would have done. It's what they've decided to do. I look forward to seeing what Joe and, 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 and Josh create. Um, it, wasn't, it wouldn't have been my decision, but now we just have to wait, okay? And waiting is something we do very good in pinball because how long do people have to wait? For these Pirates of the Caribbeans that have been on the line since August like 3rd to get to people. Like, is Jack actually putting these ships on pirate ships leaving from the Caribbean and sending them to distributors via the Caribbean? I mean, that's how fucking long it's taking. I, I have no clue. Why does it always take Jersey Jack Pinball so long 
to get production going. We, I think for a lot of us now, we just have to admit, this is just Jersey Jack pinball. It's not going to get better. It's not going to improve. It's not going to get smoother. You know, it, They're never going to ever get to where Stern is. They're never going to figure out production the way Stern does. They're never going to get games as out as fast as Stern does. They're never going to like understand the right way to like release a game when it comes to reveal you know then production starting quickly they're they're just this is just jersey jack pinball it's the same story all the time it's like these things just trickle out at a snail's pace and the problem is Again, I, I feel so bad for Jack because the window of hype, the window by which people want these things, it's not as it's not that big. It's not eight months. It's not a year. Uh, you know, and it's just I think the reality is that they can only make when they're at full efficiency. This company can only make maybe five games a day and Stern makes 50. And I don't even think Jack is making five games a day. I mean, I think it's more like, you know, maybe um, 20 a week. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit more. I, I, I just, I, I don't see stuff going out. You know, I saw him do his cartwheel and I don't see many unboxings. A few of them, I think it's going to start to happen. You know, it's, it's a little bit of a dam breaking with these guys. I, I think they start to make a bunch and then they start to ship them out. But it's it's September 12th, and we really still only have maybe 10 Pirates of the Caribbeans out in the world. If last October, when they revealed the game, if Jack had said, hey, we're not going to be shipping these games to September of 2018, I mean, people would have just been like, what are you doing? Why are you showing it? Like, what was the point of this? Um, we've beat this into the ground a million times. Uh, the other thing that, again, nobody learns from like this whole thing. Jack's never going to change the model. And then you got idiots on Pinside thinking like, well, they have to get Wonka out then. Maybe we'll see it at Expo with production starting at TPF. Let me tell you something. If you think Willy Wonka is going to be shown at Expo, please sit down, look in the mirror, and say, you, sir, are a fucking idiot. I'm serious. I don't, I don't mean to curse because I know some kids listen to this show. But you are a fucking idiot. If you think Jersey Jack is going to show in like a month and a half his next title when this title is barely even beginning to ship when he needs orders to come in. I mean, are you fucking stupid? I, I can't even imagine Willy Wonka being shown at TPF because of how delayed Pirates of the Caribbean was. Remember, Pirates of the Caribbean was supposed to be a Q1 title for Jack. It's basically a Q4 title for Jack now. So if he's so if he's six, eight months delayed, then everything else will be six to eight months delayed. No, won't it? Because but the only way that won't happen is if the following happens, which shouldn't happen. And Jack, don't be fucking stupid again. Don't show the game early. If you show Willy Wonka, if you show it really early, and then it's eight months until it's made or whatever, what You've you've done exactly what you did with pirates, which is you just fucked, you fucked over dialed-in sales, which like for no reason. How many more dialed-ins would they have sold if people didn't see pirates, get excited, and say I'm going to wait for that? Probably a lot, probably a lot. Because remember, back then, a year ago. 
Pirates hype was at an all-time high. I think the game hype now is at an all-time low. I, I, and, and every game is like that. Like, how, how excited are people to, like, start talking about Iron Maiden or Star Wars or Ghostbusters now? It's, the, it's not to say that the games got worse. It's just to say the hype and enthusiasm by which you want to talk about them continues to diminish, right? How often do you talk to people about a song you heard three years ago or a movie you saw three years ago? No, you, it's like the, 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 the talk of the day is around the stuff that's more present in the world, all right? So I just think, you know, people are, have been patient and we'll see when it happens, but I just think, I hope they don't fumble the next launch. But if I was a betting man, I think Jersey Jack's going to do the same shit again and fumble it all over again. I think they're going to show something early and it's going to be another arduous wait and it's going to be pointless and it makes no sense. And I think Jack is still like wedded to the the importance of these shows when they really don't matter. What It'd be so much more impactful if he could show up to a show and take orders and ship games in a couple weeks from then, you know, that's that's how you do what Stern does right. You don't you don't make people wait a year. Absolutely stupid. All right. Speaking of shows, there's all this drama around Pinball Expo, which I don't care or like I don't understand it. It's the same moaning and groaning every year about like people who bring games to shows should have incentives and be rewarded. And I think that's true. It is true. Um I think Pinball Expo as a show sucks. I just do. I've been to it a couple times, and compared to other shows, it's total garbage. I, I think launching a game there is idiotic. I think it makes no sense. Um, you can, as I said, like a good video on the internet will attract more people than anything at a show like that. Um, so I don't think I'm going to go this year. I, I say that every year. I always want to go to Chicago because it's close. Um, but I just have more fun at TPF. Uh, way more fun. Um, so I think I'm going to skip it this year. I think I'm going to save the money and go buy another Gucci shoot. Um, what else is going on in the pinball world? Anything going on at, uh, let's see, Chicago Gaming Company? I, I don't know. Is the 15th of September when we're going to see Monster Bash? Something's really weird with this delay. I, I don't really get it. Um, I don't really care. They haven't really taken anyone's money. It was strange the way they just kind of confirmed the title. but And then they had the people come in and play it. But something's holding it up. And it's not, I don't think it's the waiting for approval. I, I, my guess would be they want to show it when they can ship it. And I think they just need to wait probably for some vendors or some parts to be where they're at. So I think that's my guess. But I think it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun watching Alice Cooper, the Munsters, and Monster Bash Remake like battle it out. Like, that fucking battle royale in the monster category this this fall winter is going to be awesome to see. There's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. Um, if I had to bet in which order those will go, I, I definitely think that. Um, I mean, I'm gonna like like by volume. I think Stern's going to sell a ton of the monsters. I do. I think it's going to be obviously going to be between Monster Bash remake and the monsters. Uh, I think that the Munsters coming out now is great. And here's why. I think the Munsters... Sorry. Well, yeah. I think the Munsters coming out now is great. But I think what's great about Monster Bash coming out next to it is I really am going to love the fact that we're going to be able to compare two games at a, basically like an eight dollars $9,000 price point that are both monster-themed. Um, one is designed by George Gomez, ironically, who now is at the helm of Stern. 
it's going to be interesting to see what you get for your money because Monster Bash, unlike Attack from Mars Remake, is jam-packed with stuff. It's jam-packed with toys. It's jam-packed with mechanisms. It's one of the fucking best games of all time, right? So I think the pressure's on Stern to put stuff and enough into the monsters where it doesn't look embarrassingly empty next to Monster Bash Remake. We all know the art's going to be better on the monsters. We all know that Borg is capable of greatness. Uh, Dwight on code always has me a little nervous because he thinks Star Wars was great. Um, but that's going to be a fun battle to watch. And what's great about it, we're going to be able to see that battle unfold over the next two months. Uh, it's going to happen. It's awesome. Um, that's what I'm most excited about. I'm kind of over the rest of all the drama and all the waiting for stuff to come out stuff. Um, anything else that I'm missing? Uh, I think those are the main things. You know, in the Stern world, we got the Stern of the Union address. I think we guys we talked about that. Um, there's Ghostbusters code. There's new Batman code. Or Ghostbusters code is coming. Uh, Star Wars topper. You know, Stern's in this interesting place right now where I think Deadpool is out. It's in the world. Uh, you know, they're probably selling a lot of them. It's probably not selling a ton. I don't think Deadpool, you know, Deadpool LDs have not sold out. Uh, you know, I, I think the the feedback I've been getting from people on Deadpool has been mixed. I think the game looks great. I would go with the Deadpool Pro if I wanted one. I don't see enough in the LEs to justify it. I think if you wanted a Deadpool LE, let's be honest, you could wait. Just wait. In a year from now, Deadpool LEs will be selling for in the you know seven thousand seventy five hundred dollar range. They just will. This is this is not a sold out game. This is one that's going to be pretty easy to get, and prices will decrease on it pretty quickly. Uh, and then you know it's interesting too because I'm still noticing a lot of people are reluctant to realize that their DMD era Stern games are just not worth that much anymore. I mean, I saw a a, a, a Tron Pro with like fiber optic ramps for like $7,500. Like, what are people thinking? If you have a DMD era Stern game, I'm sorry, but demand is probably the lowest it's ever been. And everyone's games are going to lose an additional one to $2,000 over the next couple years. They just are. There's no way around it. And God forbid the economy dips. For <laughs> You can add another one to $2,000 on top of that because when when the economy crashes down and it's it, the bubble's going to burst, uh, and and people are like, well, you know, I do have eighty five thousand dollars tied up in pinball machine. <laughs> it's, you know, stuff's gonna happen. We're, we're we've been riding a gravy train for a decade. You know, people are getting like ten percent or more back on their with their financial and you know advisors, and that doesn't always happen. And we're not seeing people lose money. The only way you lose money. In, in the modern world, is if you buy the Big Lebowski from Dutch Pinball. And then, man, then you're eight grand. That's gone. You ain't never seeing that game, nor your money ever again. All right, everyone, I got to get to work. Uh, I hope you enjoyed episode 261 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. We'll be back real soon. I'm sick of them sweatsuits and corny hats. Let's talk about it. I'm sick of you being rich and you still mad. Let's talk about it. All of us single dads from the Midwest, we can talk about it. Or we can get gully, I'll size up your body and put some white chalk around it. <laughs>